episode of Minnesota on the Road. Brandon and I are driving to a wedding in Connecticut and thought this might be the best time in this fall chilly weather as we look at the colorful leaves. We're leaf peeping. Leaf peeping. As we drive, it's a little bit rainy, so it's got a spooky vibe uh, right before Halloween. So we thought we'd talk about things that scared babies of the 80s or children of the 90s. Those us older millennials. <laughs> and go through some of the things and in a way it's like we're brainstorming what would make that Toad's Faves list. We're sadly missing Deepu. So this is, we're doing it a little bit differently, more casual. So much casual. It's like you're sitting in the back of our car as we fight over stupid pop culture things as normal. As normal. Um, so we took the we took the time to make a little list rough list of things that scared us and so I think the first one we should probably talk about are a little is a little movie called the Dark Crystal and yeah which some is, creatures called the Skeksis the movie's creepy as it is and then Jim Henson decided to put in the Skeksis which I think maybe pushed the scary further than he was intending they're terrifying I don't think he knew what he was making and how it would affect children. <laughs> I, for me, um, we had this on VHS that we taped off the TV, and I was obsessed with this movie growing up, but the beginning, I couldn't handle it. The part where the Emperor Skeksy dies and his face crumbles was so scary. I don't think me. I could even get... What, when they chop each other's humps off, that's when I would turn the tape off. <laughs> that's like halfway through. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. That's but I couldn't even handle, so what we would do is we'd put the video in, press play, run out into the hallway, and wait there until about, like, ten minutes had gone by, and we were sure that that Skeksy was dead, and and then we would come back and enjoy the rest of the movie. The hump chopping didn't bother me so much, although the life draining of the podlings was... There's a lot of really disturbing things, like, so I think we're going to star this one to come back to, because it is obviously... This has to be on the top five, yes. easily. Related to that, of course, at the time, the other Jim Henson, of the Jim, Jim Henson oeuvre, the other one, um, Labyrinth, also gave us some nightmares. Yeah, and I love Labyrinth. I don't think it's that scary of a movie, but it's just, again, very in the beginning, there's this scene when the goblins are watching the girl, kind of in, in her bedroom by herself, so there's some stuff there, but they're all, it's kind of a beautifully composed shot of all the goblins talking at the camera. Their faces pressed together. And it is kind of like, you know, that sorority video that went around recently, but like of goblins. <laughs> like a sorority of goblins. Just like their faces are too close together and it's a scary cutaway shot. And they're goofy as faces. an adult. Like, yeah. I find that such a great little shot, but as a kid, for some reason, it was just too much. Uh... Do we gonna, are we going to star these goblins, or... or I feel not? like they weren't, with hindsight... They're still... They're, I, they're cool this is looking. stuff that scared chil when children. We were children. Yeah. It did scare me, but I don't think at the same level... I, I still watch the movie. The Skeksis, I had to turn the movie off. Oh, it's all good. Um, moving on, we can tap into one of your deepest fears that you've talked on on an early episode of the show, your fear of aliens. And how yes. did that start? I think so. I feel like it started so with something which, what's, the, what's the item? Unsolved Mysteries and Sightings. Okay, Unsolved Mysteries and Sightings. Now, I think this is kind of a thing for a lot of people in our age group that some of us have became obsessed with and really af uh, afraid of aliens because it was kind of in the... It was 
it was in vogue at the time to put gray aliens and things and do conspiracy theories. And so I think it kind of, uh, kind of stuck into our heads. Like think about those like stickers, the, you know, the gray alien stickers that you would get from the supermarket to put on your skateboard. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like gray aliens were definitely in and, uh, sightings and, and unsolved mysteries were on at the same time. And I remember my dad used to always watch it and didn't care because we were all fascinated by it, but very scared of it. And Unsolved Mysteries, I could always get through, but the Sightings theme song itself, I think, is so scary. And there were all of these, this, you know, two hours is very, it's talking about some pretty graphic stuff that you don't really have to deal with as a child. And they're monsters. Like, did you watch Unsolved so Mysteries? So I never and watched Sightings. I, so I don't have this alien fear that you have. I never watched Sightings. I think the only alien thing I ever saw was Close Encounters, which was scary, but that taps into... And you were into the X-Files. No, but that was before, later. I was like yeah. 10, 11 when I X-Files I feel like there was out. some overlap between Unsolved Mysteries and, and uh, X-Files. Oh, for sure, but um, Unsolved Mysteries and Rescue 911 were my two shows. And Animal Rescue. Of anim- Animal Rescue. <laughs> rescue 911 was about 50% Animal Rescue. It was a lot of like a mama deer on the side of the road who's rescued and then she's pregnant and then they like birth the baby in the police car the baby farm is okay great not scary thrilling but not scary and it's the reenactments that make unsolved mysteries but unsolved mysteries and i loved in search of because that was the more ghost supernatural one unsolved mysteries had ghosts sightings had ghosts too they they were basically the same show show. but related to this like i never had an alien thing but in my family that one of the number one fears was child ghosts like little children ghosts and sometimes when they show aliens in these recreations they're aspects of little children ghosts it is a very similar look of little right? like a glowing child little little figure standing in the doorway yeah there's there's lots to talk about with maybe a top unsolved mysteries could be down the road oh i'd love to rewatch all of those. i don't know i don't <laughs> maybe we can't we can find a uniting um scare factor on these let's say 80s 90s paranormal shows but they can be there. I mean, definitely the In Search of opening. I still remember the Roanoke episode of of In Search of terrified me and now is helping me with my watching American Horror Story now. But that one was, like, particularly scary to me. And related to child ghosts, um, were you an Are You Afraid of the Dark watch, watcher? Yes, and I think we put down the theme song. So the theme song sometimes was more scary than anything else in the episode. Because there was that scary clown. Did not like that clown. Remember that clown? And the swing set. The swing set. Did not like an empty (laughs) swing set. I still don't. Eerie and scary. And one of the scariest episodes that we actually had on video, we randomly, they had videos, orange video cassettes, VHSs of like four Are You Afraid of the Darks put together. And one that terrified my sister and I was one with a child ghost. I think it's the frozen ghost where this little boy actually two were really scary the frozen ghost where there was a little ghost boy um trying to sort of tell his, his message from beyond the grave and the other one was the tale of the red bicycle which was a little boy who's um trying to warn his brother about to prevent his brother from dying there is an age thing here a little so bit scary <laughs> because i think are you afraid of the dark is somewhat older millennials and then younger millennials I think had goosebumps as their right. version of that show um, but the mask episode is very scary I remember that book being scary the one where they all become dogs is very scary as well 
but are we keeping this one? Are we keeping the Are You Afraid of the Dark theme song? Are we starring in Sarah? I don't, I don't know. Up to you. Um... Uh, let's not. I don't think it's really hitting us. It's scary, but we still watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't, like, burn into our memories. Well, from an old millennial's... Well, I think these were crossed everything to the scary stories to tell in the dark. See, now, I think with this, we've got a, something that should be started. Yeah. The scary stories to tell in the dark is... In, I was looking them up. I actually want to buy them, but I'm scared to, so in my... Well, no, you have to buy the... So, with ice. With Scary Stories Tell in the Dark, they re-release them with, with less scary no, Yeah. Everything. You need those, what's his name, Alan Schwartz? I think that's the illustrator, yeah. I've, or is that twisted, the author? I can't remember. Twisted Man, who have, both of them Oh my twisted. god. Uh, the illustrations are so scary that when I was looking this up just now, I had to turn, like, close the webpage because I was like, this is too much. Those are books that had to be, you know when you're a kid, you think that books almost have a power and some books have to be, like, kept away? Oh, yeah, these were kept in the living room because they yeah. couldn't be in my bedroom. <laughs> I, had a, we, I had a special shelf of ghost books. Yeah, I had a shelf of there. alien abduction books. <laughs> that was actually in my bedroom, but it was in a, like, it was covered. Uh, so we're going to keep scary stories. Definitely keep those because they're still scary to this day. Um, another one, you flying monkeys down here. I know you're a Wizard of Oz fan. Yeah, I found flying monkeys. I think most children, I don't even think that's something that's tied to a particular age group. I think because if you're a baby boomer and beyond, flying monkeys are, are a scary thing. Specif like Specifically the scene where they rip the scarecrow apart. Very upsetting. <laughs> it is such a shockingly graphic scene for as for a child, um, but I don't know if that's basically tied. That's like universal at this point. The flying monkeys. Nobody but, wants to see someone be torn apart. No. So let's let's not. But start related them. to that, related to being torn apart, I think we have to put the shadow people from Ghost, and maybe how to start at that because <laughs> in the movie Ghost, which is wonderful for so many reasons um it the end is so scary out of nowhere where there are these like ghost shadow people that come and tear uh, the bad guy, bad guy. And, like, bring and him to shadow hell, people in from a paranormal aspect are really scary period like when you get into the stories of people that have contacts with shadow people that track them and everything like that is a paranormal trope it is a thing in in the ghost world and ghost I think surprisingly did its research and really uh, thought it out but that special effect is still terrifying I don't think yeah it, it's very practical it's looking it's like animated looking it's so scary. yeah so let's star the shadow people from ghost um, and then there's two so um, speaking of being taken to hell um, one of my Years. One of my favorite movies, I had All Dogs Go to Heaven on VHS, which is a dark movie for a, a number of reasons, dealing with dogs dying, um, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and uh, you don't want the, that's just be in the nature of dogs, but Charlie tricks an angel to go back to Earth, and there's issues of family and adoption and um, loneliness, and he ends up in, in the end basically dying to save this little girl. Spoiler and, alert for Spoiler alert. All dogs go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven, and at this point, he could go, he can't go back to heaven. Like, traditionally, if you leave heaven, you can't go back, and so, but because he gives his life for a little girl, there's a point when the devil comes and is like ca calling his name, and it's like a smoke 
red beast. Is it a dog uh, devil? Kind of, yeah. Sort of? It's sort of a dog devil that comes and like whispers his name and tries to take him. Is it the him. same heaven and all dogs go to heaven or is it like a dog heaven? It's, it's, it's like clouds in Halo heaven. But the dogs have their own angels. Yeah, that are angel dogs. Yeah. That are like pastel colors. <laughs> It's an insane movie. Um, a lot of those Don Blues ones. Oh, and related, Rats of Nim. Yeah, it's Secrets terrifying. of Actually, Nim. Secrets of Nim is pretty um, graphic. The owl. The owl. That. Nicodemus, the old rat, the wizardy rat, was terrified because he had these really scaly, long-fingered claw hands. So that might even be more scary than All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. I don't know if they're, they're worth a star, though. And you didn't watch the Care Bears movie because we talked about this. Before. No, I've watched the Care Bears movie. So, the, for me, like speaking of not in a act, long time, we're speaking to like actual fears as children. So, the Skeksis was sort of number one, but number two is in the Care Bears movie. We used to watch it at slumber parties, and that lady, green-faced ghost book lady. There's a witch who lives inside a book, which was also kind of a fear of mine related to scary stories to tell in the dark. Books. But the books hold books actual have power. power and evil. And so this was opening a book and seeing a ghost face, like a, it was a witchy lady. Uh, and that was a nightmare, partly because of imagining an actual book having a face inside of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not... But you were in that, into that. I'm not... I don't... I didn't find this character... The characters movies are very... Um, there's a lot to unpack and to deal with in those movies because they deal with emotions in a way that... And the second one is scary, too, because there's that little boy who's sort of possessed by the devil. He's like a bad kid. They're they're dark. They're dark movies, but I don't know. They're not at the same level. But you have a very specific thing that I think you've talked to. I forget if you talked about this on the show or not. The food from dinosaurs. I think, I don't know, because it it comes up with me a lot. Um, One of the deepest, like, burn-ins for me as a child was these the food from dinosaurs kind of with the like the goblins from labyrinth is i don't like when little things gang up on somebody um and the food and dinosaurs is an episode where the dinosaurs um the mother and father uh sinclair they go out and leave the teenagers to watch over the baby and the food decides to rebel because the food is little mammals and you know which to me so Brandon has explained this to me and showed it to me a clip and I was like, you mean like cute little furry mammals, like furry puppets. Food food clothing. But they were so cute. Yeah, they, it bothered me. It's you. like the little hands and <laughs> the little the, I know and I'm not gonna get a star on this, but let's But it's it interesting is, I think it's interesting to unpack and hear particular fears that people have. Yeah, and I think that's because of the great aliens too. It's like little things like Little creatures ganging up on me is a fear. Yes. So that that's where that comes from. But we have a very primal fear on this list that we made: um, quicksand. And this is a trope I think that was very hot when we were children. A lot of the movies that we watched, quicksand was an element. I think like, and it's kind of gone away. I don't think I've seen like the last time it was in the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull there's a quicksand scene but that's like the but if you think about when we were kids a lot of times characters fall into quicksand and I was telling Brandon one of the most traumatic scenes from my childhood in a very traumatic movie The NeverEnding Story Atreyu and his horse are going through this forest and then um, the horse gets caught in the quicksand and there's a horrible yeah the cute little horse um, so they're both sucked under and Atreyu has to say 
goodbye to his horse, his noble steed, and managed to pull himself out of the quicksand, but he has to leave his horse behind, and it is so dramatic, and I cried and cried and cried. Yeah, and it's it's a real horse. It's not like an animated horse no. or anything. <laughs> it's a real horse. And then related to that, I mean, this has to be on the list. The nothing has to be on the list. Yeah, the nothing is... I think that is playing into every universal thing. And when he's a wolf, when, when it's a, a wolf. Because yeah. nothing is more of like a force, right? Yeah. But when he is the wolf, that's too much. Take exit 28. Um, so yeah, let's definitely start the nothing to come at, back to him. Because that, oh my it. god. Because that movie was, I loved, I loved the childlike empress. I loved so much of it. And that scene when he meets the wolf in the cave and the wolf pops out and then jumps on him. And, and talks. Uh, and talks in the scary puppet way. No thanks. Alright, so nothing. He's moving forward. It's yes. moving forward. Um, also related to Quicksand is the dip for Roger Rabbit. It's the same idea of, of like being consumed. Being consumed. <laughs> and eaten by something. Yeah, the dip, specifically when the little shoe uh, gets uh, dipped. dipped. And I guess that when they really had to think about this, like, we had to illustrate to the audience what the dip did, right? So, like, what cartoon character can we use that won't seem as disturbing? But the fact that, like, the shoe tries to fight... Get out of the way. And, like, get out of the way. And, and sad, squeaky noises. It's a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. But I think no matter what, what creature they would have done, that's probably why they went with an object instead of, like, a... I think so because there was so something. much in that that movie. One of my favorite parts in that movie were the negotiations between Disney and Warner Brothers to make sure that each of their sets of characters had equal screen time and that Bugs Bunny is shown in a positive light because Disney's a positive light, so they didn't want it to be, make it seem like Mickey is like this good sunshine character. Because Mickey's, Mickey's your best friend and Bugs is a stinker. Yes, but you can't show. <laughs> they, I'm sure the lawyers had like huge documents about oh. the stinker level of, and so even that, like the scene where they're, this is a whole side thing, but like when they're falling, parachuting on either side of Eddie, they had to make sure that it wasn't bugs, wasn't giving Eddie, like they're not, not, not like one is sabotaging Eddie and one is helping Eddie. Yeah. That was like a whole negotiation. <laughs> so I'm sure with like the little shoe, they're like, all right, this is not Disney. This is not Warner Brothers. It is not a... Yeah, we're not killing, <laughs> we're not like, killing Tom any. and Jerry. Yeah. Any, yeah. Oh, I wish they killed Tom. <laughs> I love cats, but so Tom are such we, a So are we starring the dip? Because also the judge is very scary, but I think the dip is The, the dip scariest. is, like, very scary, so I'll put it there. Um, I mean, you have a great one here, Large March from Pee Wee, which I think that this was a big thing in the 80s and 90s of a, a shock scare of like, oh, they look normal, and then rah! Yeah, and that's still around. Yeah. Like, not in children's movies, but in horror movies. Like, I'd say the trope that's gotten so old is, like, when you take, a, like, a normal-looking person, and then the camera goes over to them, and then they do that, like, After Effects-based, like, oh. long-mouth scream. They oh, do that stupid. all the time, which is, large marge is the same kind of scare. Well, because then that relates to one of my big fears growing up, which was in the Ghostbusters movie, the librarian ghost at the beginning of the movie. It's a jump scare, jump yeah. Same kind of jump scare, like, oh, it's a nice, like, Victorian lady. No, it's a monster. Yeah, and that's something, you know, there's a lot to talk about the new one, but the old Ghostbusters really did a good job, especially in that opening scene to lead you into it being a horror movie uh, slash comedy. And that first scene is scary. 
there's very little comedy in that. It's very, it's like the cold open of a, of a horror movie, not the cold open of a comedy. Yeah. Uh, I do like the librarian ghost as a, as one to keep in the mix. Yeah. And it just, it's almost an honorary for Ghostbusters because that was a movie I remember seeing a little too young. And we all saw it I, as, as so, soon as we were born. <laughs> it was so scary. Yeah, as soon as you're born, you're just put in front of Ghostbusters. And it's a movie that, of course, you're fascinated by and love, but there's, legit, again, legitimate scares in that movie. Because the bit that <laughs> terrified me was when um, Sigourney Weaver opens her fridge and she sees the top of the building, Gozer, and it's then... It's Zool. But, but that's scarier to you than when Sigourney Weaver's sitting in her chair, relaxing, and the the dog hand comes out of the couch. That's scary, but it, what scared me more was when the dog leaps out of the fridge, but she closes it in time, but that thing, like, you see a dog, it awakens, and then it's like, rah! Yeah. That's, like, I don't know why, that just terrified me. So you want to keep Librarian Ghost? I think so, because I think she represents all the scares of Ghostbusters. Do we have other ghosts on, on the um, list? No. All right, so let, let's, keep, let's keep... I mean, unless you count Are You Afraid of the Dark Hits? No, let's stories. keep the, the librarian ghost. What else do we have? Um, this is everything on the list. Mac and me, you put... Oh, well, that, oh you is, know I, what? Let's every, put... This is not everything on the list. It's just what... There's Mac and me. Mac we, and me. But which then I, I never watched growing up. So, so we can't it. talk about it, but it's terrifying. But we, we didn't talk but, about... Oh, the Brave Little Toaster? The Oh, yeah, the Brave Little Toaster air conditioner is one that I put on there and showed... Sorry, before we uh, started. So everyone who hasn't seen The Brave Little Toaster should, because it's one of those movies, Disney, right? Disney. Disney, and that when you work your way through all of Disney, which you do as a child, and when at the time when we were growing up, go to the video store, you can take one out, and it becomes a whole game of like which is going to be the special movie and which what's the compromise, and it feel like you work your way through all the classics, you work your way through Bedknobs and Broomsticks and all those the live action ones and then it's like what else is there then there's brave little and then toaster. there's brave little toaster and we my, my sister and i got on a big kick of brave little toaster and we rented it a ton and it's fine actually it's the scary. story behind it was that when john lasseter uh animator called john lasseter was trying to figure out in the early days how to make a full movie uh computer animated and that project was brave little, the little toaster and once they dropped the project is one of the reasons why John Lasseter left and went on to, you know, be one of the founders of Pixar and is now the head of Disney Animation. But if you look at it, it is sort of like a Pixar movie in a way because it's all like inanimate objects that emote, right? So it's a, it's definitely in the John Lasseter, like, totally thing. But there's a scene with the air conditioner. Once the, the master leaves, there's a child. So the idea is that there's a cabin full of inanimate objects, like a toaster and a blanket and a lamp and a vacuum that are left behind when people like move out of the house. So they're just junk that's been left behind. Yeah. But they're trying to find their family, which is very sad. <laughs> and the air conditioner, who's also left because, as you do sometimes leave an air conditioner, he's used to it. He has a Jack Nicholson kind of voice. Yeah. Uh, like the voice actor was told, make it sound like Jack Nicholson. And he kind of tells them what's what and flips out in a way and kind of commits suicide? Yeah, like explodes himself because he's so enraged. And then actually it's the most disturbing. So he has this whole thing and he has sparks and fire, which is scary as But about. he says, he literally says, I, you know, you make fun of me because I'm stuck in this wall and I can't move around, but I'm not an invalid. <laughs> 
oh my god, we should do a Totes Bay Brave Little Toaster episode. Because <laughs> also, the, the best part is after he explodes, there's a shot of him, a long shot, so it's like you're seeing it at the end of a hallway, of the burnt out, dead toaster. Like a dead, dead, not toaster, sorry, well, air conditioner. He's yeah, dead. He's, but they all, you know, but they have faces. But so. they have faces, so it's like the corpse of <laughs> the air conditioner. a burnt out air conditioner. <laughs> so upsetting. But uh, I don't know if it deserves yeah, that's a star, not, but yeah, it is, star, it is but a good really one. Watch. Also, I think we have to, uh, I know we talked about aliens a few, but there's a couple alien things that I do feel are more universal that I slap the wheel. Um, and that's, uh, well, Close Encounters, I think, is scary, but that's not necessarily something you watch as a that. child. I, we all did, I was but it's frightened not of, but not all of us watch. And your sister can't watch, period. So my sister is so scared of E.T., that we had the VHS, with, if anyone remembers, had the green, like part mm -hmm. of it was green. The top was green. The top was green. And she couldn't, which made it very distinctive, she could not be in the same room as that VHS, so we had to hide the VHS. We couldn't keep it with the rest of the videos. It had to be in its own place where she couldn't see it because it was so terrifying for her. Similar to me and the ghost books, like it had to be, it held E.T. It and like yeah, haunted. I understand this. This like being afraid of ET. I was slight because there it is a in a great Spielbergian way. Like it is, I think he's in the same vein as Jim Henson, where he knows that kids like to be scared, and that's like a thing. It's like kids aren't like kids like being like hiding under the covers and everything, right? It's like we all do, but just like eighties directors, some of them understood really that. Really went for it. And E.T.'s beautiful film, but it does have some scary moments, which makes it like any good art. It makes it Number enjoyable. one, number one, White E.T. White E.T. is one of the most traumatic things for any White child. White E.T. in the riverbed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's freakishly scary. So scary. And the worst part, uh, also, I don't know why this bothered me, because it's the happy part. You know when they make him alive again? But they have to zip him in the bag, and he's like, "Et, et, et." The body bag. Yeah. Put him in a body bag. Yeah. Yeah. That for me, that he's alive but in a body bag, <laughs> was unsettling for me. But white et. Uh. I think white et deserves a star. Yeah, yeah. I gave him two stars. Actually. <laughs> um, and then off of that too, and this is a small one. I don't think it deserves a star, but it deserves mentioning. Is I think um, again with this ninety early nineties uh, gray alien euphoria was there's the X-Files episode of The Simpsons, which I loved. I think it's one of the best Simpsons episodes, period. But it does involve Mr. Burns becoming irradiated and Homer thinks he's an alien. And it is like a really disturbing, they did a good job of making it seem really he's disturbing. He's a weird child voice. Yeah. Weird, like, hello, hello. Yeah. Yes, he says, hello, uh, I'm your friend. Like, it's, it's freaky. And then at the end, Chewbacca, and Mulder and Scully, they all sing uh, The Dawn of the Age of Aquarius, I believe. Um, it's weird. The radio randomly turned on. <laughs> so that's that's not getting a star. So are we through our, our list here? You're through my list, yeah. So what are we, what are we, I think, to compress these down into the five, what are we feeling? So for number one, I think it's a toss-up between White E.T., Skeksis, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Or if any of those are top three. So, for, between the two of us, I feel... I find White E.T. very scary. Kate found White E.T. very scary. Yeah. 
Um, also on the subject of Kate, I just want to also mention that my brother, the scariest thing that's ever happened to him is Ernest Scared Stupid, but the troll from that, but that's not universal. But, <laughs> um, I think we both found Skeksis scary. Yes. So I think Skeksis should maybe be number one. Yes. Is that fair to say? And when you look up these things online, I feel like Skeksis are always like, this is it. Yeah, <laughs> it's completely universal that we all saw the Skeksis and we're all terrified of the Skeksis. Yeah, this is all this. It's, notice there's a running theme of practical effects and puppets. And I don't think you could ever do these things CGI yeah. and make them as effective. I do believe practical effects do work. They really stick in your mind in a way that I feel like computers just go through your mind in a way. Like also just, at the um, Museum of the Moving Image in London, which is sadly closed now, they used to have a full body Skeksy costume there and it was so scary. Okay, so they're life size. They're seven, no, they're more. Because well, like, there's a human inside there's of them. There's a human inside of them and they're taller than that. So it is a full body six and a half foot costume. Yes. So sexy is number one. Number one. White ET number two. White ET number two. Uh, um, I'm going to put scary stories to tell in the dark. I think should be three or four. Let's make that. F well, do we have, do we have a better number three? Well, better number three, I think needs to be all of those um, shows, which I would call a children's murder shows, which are unsolved mysteries and children's of. murder shows. So nine. The genre of a children's, like the equivalent, the Children who grew up like myself to They were adult programming. Discovery they weren't meant for children. <laughs> no, but they were on during the day. Yeah, weren't it's, they're they not played meant for at children. night. But what I, what's or called, Sunday nights. Yeah. Is that like, what it was? It might have been Sundays. Or Saturday night. nights. It was Saturday nights. Um, let's call them uh, paranormal investigation shows. But in the old sense, not in a like stupid paranormal Not state. in ghost hunters not or something. Ghost like, hunters. Like, like, yeah. Like, then can it be scary stories to tell the dark? Then scary stories to tell the dark. And then what would be our number five? What's our like? What's our other pool? You know, you um, go ghost, our, oh, Ghostbusters. Library, but what are some of our other number? Uh, um, oh, the options? nothing. Oh my God! Wait, we have to change this. Uh, Let's the make nothing. the nothing three. Nothing three. Or one. No, Skeksis. White ET. I feel like white ET. Skeksis, white ET, and then the nothing. The nothing. Then Fun. paranormal doc shows, and then scary stories to tell in the dark. Otherwise, and that's Ghostbusters. Our yeah. That's our five. Yeah, I think that's a really good five. Unless you want to... Yeah, no, I think that's a really good five. So, Zara, do you have the... What's our number our five going to be? Um, our, so, here... So, we've, for this little Minnesota, Minnesota on the road, here are totes <laughs> faves, things that terrified us as children of the 80s and 90s. Um, number five, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, the book series. Number four, um, the paranormal documentary shows of... What do we call those? Number so basically number four is a tie of in search of and rescue nine one one and sightings and unsolved mysteries, the genre of a paranormal investigation show. Yes. Um, number three is the nothing from Never Ending Story. Number two is White E. T. <laughs> from the movie E. T. And number one are Skeksis, the terrifying vulture monsters from the Dark Crystal. All right, so we did it. So that's our num that's our top five, and it's a Minnesota without Deepu. Deepu is a is a ghost in this situation. <laughs> um, but so we're not gonna do a, a fave of the week, which we normally do. But uh, we can say to follow Zara at follow me and on. Please don't follow me. That's terrifying. That's another childhood fear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can follow me on Twitter 
Adzarfs. Please, we are now also Totes Babes is on Instagram at Totes Babes. We also have a Facebook page, and you'll find information, updates about future episodes there. Uh, you can find me at BB Werner on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you know, just on, on the street, and then uh, my history YouTube. YouTube.com slash Laughing Historically. We've been doing a lot of politics stuff for obvious reasons. And please remember to rate, subscribe, and do all those things for us on iTunes so we can get more people listening. We're trying to do a lot more of these episodes. As you can tell, we're, we're just recording them now in the car. Not always. This is just a special episode. Don't worry. This won't be constant. Happy Halloween. Yes. Happy Halloween. <laughs>